Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this teleconference on Indonesia Atahan Aluminium, in short, Inalum. Today's speakers are Vicky Melbourne, head of South and Southeast Asia in Aspils, and Akash Gupta, Hello. director, APAC Corporate Ratings. Please open the presentation now, as we will reference it during this call. The presentation link was included in the invitation Hello. of this teleconference. Once we are done with the prepared remarks, we will address your questions in the Q&A section. Please note that participation in this pitch rating teleconference is strictly limited to invited guests. If you are not an invited guest, please disconnect at this time. Please note that Fitch does not provide investment advice including buying, holding, or selling securities. Nor does it conduct securities Hello. offerings of any kind. Opinions expressed by pitch ratings on this call may change in the future and are subject to the limitations and disclaimers printed on pitches related rating action commentaries and rating reports and also accessible on pitch ratings website. I will now hand the line over to Vicky. Thanks, Robert, and uh, thanks everyone for joining uh, this call, um, which provides an outline of our rationale and thinking behind the uh, ratings that we assigned to Inalum last Friday. Um, uh, just as a summary, um, last Friday we assigned an IDR of triple B minus with a stable outlook. We've also assigned the proposed US dollar senior unsecured notes, a rating of triple B minus, an expected rating of triple B minus. On the call today, uh, Akash Gupta, the lead analyst for Analum, will take us through uh, the key rating drivers. And in that context, he will also touch on aspects of features navigator for mining companies and also provide the um, peak comparison relative for, for our ratings. And finally, we'll conclude with what will drive the ratings um, that could lead to positive and to negative rating action. And with that, I'll hand it to Akash, who will talk us through the key rating drivers. Akash? Yeah, thank you, Ki. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Um, so, in Alum's uh, issuer default rating, IDR is one notch below that of Indonesia at triple B, and that is based on our uh, government-related entities rating criteria. Uh, we have looked at the strengths of linkages between in Alum and the state, as well as the state's incentive to provide support. Um, in Alum's standalone credit profile is assessed at B plus and this factors in operating strengths in, in terms of favorable cost positions and mine lives, as well as commodity diversification. However, uh, weak financials is a key constraint. Um, in terms of rating drivers, uh, we will also discuss the Grassberg acquisition, improvement in vertical integration, and the risk from further acquisitions. Um, so, on slide five, uh, we uh, will talk about the state linkages 
and incentive to support. And under our GRE criteria, we have four key parameters. Uh, number one, for ownership and control. Second, support record and expectations. Third, for social political impact of default. And lastly, the financial implications of default on the sovereign and other SOEs. Um, so for ownership and control, we rate Inalum as strong, given it is fully owned by the state and has been appointed as the hold co for the mining sector. And it's also now implementing the government mandate, such as the Grassberg acquisition. We think the parameter for support is also strong. Uh, if you look at history, in 2015, the government injected 3.5 trillion IDR in Antam via a rights issue and then transferred its stakes in the three subsidiaries to Inalum uh, to make it a hold co, and that also improved its size and diversification. For social-political impact parameter, our assessment is moderate, uh, mainly due to the low in, uh, social impact. While a default could damage the government's reputation and ha hamper Inalum's project funding, we do not think it would result in a severe fallout at the existing mining operations. On the other hand, a default by higher-rated SOEs such as PLN and Pertamina will hamper their ability to import coal and oil, and in turn, uh, the provision of essential services to the public, which is likely to cause a lot of social stress. For financial implications, we think a default by Inalum will have severe impact on investor confidence due to the close involvement of the government and the high-profile nature of the Grasberg deal. Therefore, this warrants a very strong ranking in our view. Uh, moving on to the next slide, uh, Inalum's key operations such as aluminum smelting, coal and ceramical production have positions in the first half of the global cost curves. Uh, its smelter benefits from captive power production, while coal operations have one of the lowest stripping ratios in Indonesia. The Grasberg mine is amongst the world's largest and lowest cost copper assets and has large coal reserves. Um, lastly, Tima is also the world's second largest tin producer. In Alam's coal and nickel reserves should last over 50 and 30 years respectively, while Grasberg should produce at least until 2041. Based on this, Inalum ranks in the triple B category in Fitch's mining navigator for cost position, commodity diversification, and mine life. And these operating strengths counterbalance Inalum's smaller scale compared with global majors. On to the next slide. Uh, the key constraint to Inalum's standalone credit profile is weak financials. We estimate EBITDA to interest coverage to be below one times in 2019-20 and adjusted debt to EBITDA leverage to be above six times. Our coverage calculation includes free cash flow generation at subsidiaries on a proportionate basis and recurring dividends, but also nets of commitments for Grasberg CAPEX. Leverage estimate is also based on proportionate consolidation of the three subsidiaries, as they have significant minority interest of 35% each and abide by domestic securities regulations. We expect the financial metrics to improve 
with increase in output levels and dividend contribution from Grasper. While the financial metrics over the next two years or so will remain weak, we think Inalum's liquidity position is supported by its banking relationships, both domestic and international. The company is also engaging with state-owned banks to help finance its CAPEX commitments. Now, let's discuss Grasberg in some more detail. Um, so, Inalum will increase its stake in PT Freeport Indonesia, the operator of Grasberg Mine, to 51.2%, along with the Papua government and the Mimika Regency, from 9.4% as of now, for around $4 billion. Although Inalum will be the majority shareholder, no significant change to management of operations is expected. Open pit mining at Grasberg, just to give us a short background, open pit mining started in 1990 and it's scheduled to end in 2019, after which Grasberg will fully transition to underground mining. A couple of underground zones are currently under development and significant ramp-up is expected from 2020. Inalum will fund 40% of the expansionary capex and receive 40% of benefit beyond the production threshold until 2022. From 2023 onwards, all of economic benefits will be shared in the ratio of stakes. We expect Inalum to contribute around $1 billion for CAPEX at Grasberg until 22, which will offset the dividends received. The mine is currently operating with a temporary mining permit, but will receive a new permit after Inalum acquires the additional stake. The permit will be valid until 2041 and also will provide clarity on issues of taxation, downstream capacity obligation, and possible environmental liabilities. We do not expect adverse regulations or penalties. We also forecast for a new smelter in partnership with Aman Minerals, another copper miner, and that should cost around $2.7 billion. Um, we think a higher stake in the large, low-cost Grasberg mine will Im improve Inalum's commodity diversification and scale, resulting in a be better business profile. Um, so, on to the next slide. Uh, let's talk a bit about Inalum's uh, CAPEX projects. Um, so, Inalum is planning to set up a smelter-grade alumina refinery which will allow it to process subsidiary Antam's bauxite and then use the alumina in its smelter. Antam is also investing to increase its ferronickel capacity by 50%. Higher vertical integration should lower earnings volatility for Inalum. <coughs> Other projects include ramp-up of output of value-added billets and alloy aluminum projects, uh, products. <coughs> ahead of an increase in smelter capacity and investments by PTBA, the coal subsidiary, to address its railway capacity constraints with the help of KAI, which is the railway operator for Indonesia. Uh, we think that Inalum's investments are likely to continue given the company's aim to significantly increase share of earnings from the downstream segment. Um, now, Inalum's objective is to get 15 to 20% share in domestic reserves of various minerals. 
especially for coal, nickel, and bauxite, where its share is less than 15%, Enalum could grow its reserves through acquisitions. However, it may not need to spend a significant amount in all cases. For example, for example um, Antam acquired two mining concessions in August of this year, which were returned by Vale Indonesia to the government, and the development will be fully funded by a partner. Management has also stated that it is committed to deleveraging. However, in case Inalam undertakes cash-funded acquisitions, we think that it could delay deleveraging and may also not improve its operating profile materially. Um, now let's talk briefly about how Inalum looks on the various parameters of Pitch's mining navigator. Um, we have already alluded to Inalum's triple B ranking on parameters of cost position of operations, diversification and country risk, and mine lives. Um, this trend is somewhat offset by a relatively small scale of operations. We also talked about the weak financial profile for Inalum, which is constraining the rating. Um, we have accordingly assigned higher importance, shown by red, to the factor of financial flexibility. Coverage is one of the sub-factors for financial flexibility, and we have assigned an overall midpoint of B-. Inalum's leverage profile also maps to a weak B on the navigator. In terms of peer comparison, Inalum's standalone rate uh, credit profile of B plus can be compared with that of global uh, mining peers such as Freeport, Fortescue, and First Quantum Minerals. Relative to the higher rated peers, Inalum scores favorably in terms of cost position, mine life, and diversification, even though its scale in EBITDA and revenue terms is significantly smaller. The key determinant of Inalum's lower rating is its weak financial profile over the next two years. First, quantum minerals, which is rated lower compared with Inalum standalone, has a weaker business profile. And that's because it has lower commodity diversification and high country risk as its operations are focused on copper and are in Zambia. Um, now let me touch upon the rating sensitivities for the IDR. Um, so a positive action may happen if there is an upgrade on the sovereign or if Inalum's linkages with the state are assessed to be stronger. On the other hand, a downgrade of the sovereign rating or weakening of linkages will impact Inalum's IDR. We also have sensitivities for the standalone credit profile. Um, so Inalum's standalone could improve if coverage increases to above two and a half times on a sustained basis. However, we do not expect a positive action over the next two years as some improvement has already been factored in in the rating. On the negative side, standalone could be lowered if coverage is estimated to remain below 1.5x beyond 2020. Um, so with this, I would like to hand it back to the operator. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, 
We will now begin the question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question, please press star, followed by the number one on your telephone keypad and wait for your name to be announced. If you wish to cancel your request, please press the pound or the hash key. Once again, that's star, followed by the number one on your telephone keypad and wait for your name to be announced. Akash, I have a question from the investors in advance of the call. Why does Fitch assign sure. parameters for ownership and control in Alum as strong instead of very strong? Um, yeah, thanks, Rohit. Um, so the threshold for ranking an issuer very strong on the ownership and control parameters is high and being 100% owned does not automatically result in a very strong ranking. In Indonesia, we only rate PLN and Pertamina as very strong for ownership and control, as they are very tightly monitored and their subsidy requirements form a part of the state budget. Yeah. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad and wait for your name to be announced. We have uh, a first question from the line of uh, Santosh B. Please ask your question. Hello. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, am I audible? Hello. Yeah, Hello? yes, you are. Okay, uh, okay, thank you. Uh, my question is related to uh, obviously the assets and liabilities. Uh, primarily, uh, what is, how do you assess the revenue profile of um, uh, Inalum? Uh, I think, put, I mean, most of it is domestic, whereas its liabilities uh, is in US dollar. How do you assess its sensitivity to idea? Uh, apart from that, uh, what is their hedging policy in terms of exposure to uh, the metals? Right. Um, so thanks for the question, Santosh. So uh, basically, we do not think that there is significant risk from any uh, rupiah depreciation. And that's because of the natural hedging. So, so even though their uh, revenue, quite a lot of it is from domest uh, domestic sales, uh, the the pricing, as you know, is linked to the uh, to international benchmarks. So they are able to earn uh, pricing which is based on prevalent commodity prices, which has been adjusted for sort of depreciation in the rupiah. So as a result of this natural hedge, we do not think there is significant risk uh, from uh, their U.S. dollar debt to their U.S. dollar debt. Also, given the uh, government ownership, uh, uh, is there any regulatory pressure in terms of pricing? Do they have the pricing power? Right. So uh, our understanding is that uh, apart from uh, PTBA, which is engaged in coal, and that has to abide by sort of uh, government regulations of a ceiling price for coal, um, so you may be aware that the government has instituted a ceiling price for coal uh, since this year, and uh, Bukit Assam has to abide by that. Other subsidiaries, uh, as of now, 
there are no restrictions on pricing so they are able to price it based on market prices fair enough thank you we have the we have the next question from the line of uh, bharat shetighar please ask your question Mr. Bharat Shetigar, please ask your question. Yeah, thanks for the call. A uh, couple of questions related to the cash flow of the standalone uh, holding company. Uh, can you walk me through what is your assumption for cash inflow and outflow at the standalone level in 2019? Basically, I mean, what what is your expectation of dividends that they will receive and uh, uh interest payments and uh, potentially equity commitment for uh, of report right so i mean i think uh, at this point i would not sort of be able to sort of get into specifics but uh, in terms of uh, the ebitda on for a standalone basis uh, we are expecting ebitda of around uh, just a sec So for Inalum, we expect EBITDA of around uh, 150 uh, million dollars on a standalone basis. Uh, then I think uh, dividends uh, over the next two years, 1920, there are there is unlikely to be any material dividend from Grasberg. So there, uh, so essentially, there wouldn't be any uh, recurring dividend contribution, material recurring dividend contribution. um then in terms of uh, capex commitment for grasberg uh, inalum sort of has commit has commitment of around uh, a billion for over the next 4 uh, years until 22 and if we sort of spread it out uh, they are likely to uh, contribute around 200 million or so uh, in 19 and 20 Okay uh so I mean uh but but overall do you think the whole cost cash flow will be adequate to take care of the needs or will they need to raise more debt in 2019-20 Right so I think uh, it it is it is likely uh, it is possible that the company may need to sort of raise more debt uh, as I I mean um, we think that uh, inalum may sort of rely on support from state owned banks to help finance its capex commitments so so yeah, given the weak cash flows it is uh, possible that uh, more debt can, could be raised at inalum standalone level sure and then one other question uh, you mentioned a potential project with aman of uh, 2.7 billion dollars uh, at what level is this 2.7 taking place yeah. think at the principal level or at uh, at uh, the unterm level right so that uh, 2.7 billion dollars is the a new smelter that uh, grasberg was supposed to build so 
that capex uh, would be sort of undertaken by PTFI as an aman. Um, so I was referring to so as for that capex, uh, Inalum would have to make certain contributions to PTFI. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, thanks for that. We have the we have the next question from the line of uh, Budi Shuharto from uh, Morgan Stanley. Please ask your question. Uh, hi Akash, thanks for your time. I just have two questions. On the first one is on your slide seven uh, on the coverage ratio. So for 2019, you are expecting the coverage ratio to be below zero. So I'm just curious how you got there. And then the second one is that if I look at the presentation material, they tend to present it as an Inalum consortium, whereas if I look at slide eight, uh, the actual stake in the Freeport Indonesia is only 26%. So how do you view that? Are they in control? Are they not in control? That's all sure. for me. Um, uh, sure. Thanks. Thanks, Budi, for your question. So your first, I mean, in response to your first question, as I sort of indicated to the previous query, uh, we expect sort of we uh, sort, I mean EBITDA of around 150 million, and that is likely to be offset by its capex commitments. So as uh, as I indicated, we, they are to contribute around 1 billion. So if we spread it out, the capex commitments are likely to be higher than uh, EBITDA at the standalone level and. Also, in the near term, free cash flow generation at the subsidiaries would not be significant because they also have their own capex commitments. So, so that's the reason why um, the coverage numbers look as they do uh, weak in the near term. Uh, moving on to your next question. Uh, so, basically, uh, one needs to look at uh, Inalum's uh, stake both in direct terms and through Indo-Copper in Vestama. So if we add that 26.2% and then 60% uh, of 25%, then it adds up to around 41. And in uh, sort of in combination with the Papua government and Nimika agency, which are essentially uh, passive investors, um, Inalum holds uh, uh, slightly above 51%. Sorry, so that 60, you mean they own 60% of Indo-Copper Investama? That's right, yeah. Okay, okay, all right, thank you. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad and wait for your name to be announced. Akash, one more question I received uh, from the investors. What would be the effect of improvement or deterioration in standalone credit profile on inalum's rating? Sure. Um, so at this standalone level, um, an improvement or deterioration in the credit profile should not affect inalum's issuer default rating. However, there is a caveat, and that is that if a GRE sees sustained weakening of its financial profile 
uh, without support forthcoming from the state, then our criteria allows us to rank uh, the GRE moderate or less on the parameter for support track record and expectations. Um, so for Elalum, the GRE support score as well as its IDR could be lowered in that scenario. Thank you. And, and the last one uh, from my side, would you provide some background to potential environmental liabilities at Strasbourg? Um, sure. Um, so just to sort of talk about some bit of history, um, Grassberg has put half of its residue from mining, uh, which are called tailings, into nearby rivers since the mine started. Um, the Indonesian government issued a decree in April of 2018 requiring them to drastically reduce that volume. So according to Freeport, uh, the agreement with the government was that they would retain 50% of the tailings on land over the life of the mine. However, now they were being asked to retain 95%, which uh, was very difficult, extremely difficult to achieve. Uh, so the earlier in April 2017, the audit agency of Indonesia had also issued a report which estimated a potential economic impact of $13 billion. So that's the background. However, uh, we do not think that any significant uh, environmental liabilities will be imposed in the final permit given the Indonesian state now will now own a majority stake and penalizing Grasberg will be against its own interests. Thank you. We have the next question from the line of uh, Elvin Tan. Please ask your question. Hi. Um, so my question is, um, what's likelihood of uh, Inalum um, increasing acquisitions or increasing stakes in their other off goals, and whether um, that in itself uh, would affect the standalone ratings of uh, Inalum, please? Right. Um, so, so as of now, um, we do not think that Inalum intends to increase its stake uh, from 65% in, in the three subsidiaries. Uh, but let's say if the stakes improve, increase to a uh, sort of uh, to to a significant degree, which uh, lowers the share. I mean, the influence the minorities have on decision making, etc. In that case, our rating approach, the way we calculate our financial metrics, uh, that could change. And as a result, uh, the financial profile uh, could look uh, better than with proportional consolidation. Okay, thanks. And do you think it's possible that it will um, make acquisitions in other mineral assets? Yeah, that's right. So we do think that, uh, as we sort of highlighted, for a few of the minerals such as coal, nickel, etc., where they are currently, they hold a relatively small share of domestic reserves, they could make acquisitions over the next few years to 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 bring them up to a level of 15 to 20 percent of domestic reserves. Okay. 
Right, and and if they if they go about doing it in a debt funded um, um, way, um, what would you think of it? Like, how would you think about um, 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 you know them going about acquisition just 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 for the sake of uh, acquiring for uh, nationalistic purposes, purposes without a sufficient cash flow? Yep. So so in, I think. Uh, I think uh, we, in that case, as we have said, uh, its, its leverage profile and its coverage could remain still remain weak. And I think uh, if those assets, if th those are small stakes, etc., which do not improve their operating its operating profile significantly, then uh, then yeah, I mean, we will need to assess uh, whether the financial profile has weakened to a sufficient degree to impact the standalone credit profile but but yeah i mean that uh, as of now we think that it's likely to continue investing uh, in acquisitions uh, and this has somewhat been factored in in its uh, standalone credit profile right thank you we have um the next question from the line of uh, Bharat Shetigar, please ask your question. Yeah, thanks. Uh, just to follow up on uh, what you mentioned earlier, Rakesh, uh, to get this correct, mm. are you saying that even if the standalone credit profile goes to B or B minus, the final rating will remain triple B minus, assuming the GRE parameters remain the same? Is that what you're saying? Yep, that's right. So uh, I was saying if we sort of reassess the GRE parameters if based on sustained weakening, then that's a different scenario. But uh, as of now, based on the criteria, the GR, um, uh, a standalone deterioration should not necessarily affect the rating idea. Okay, thanks. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad and wait for your name to be announced. We have the next question from the line of uh, Eddie Lee. Please ask your question. Hi, Akash. Thanks for the uh, presentation. So, uh, two questions. So first is just a confirmation. So you're not expecting any dividend from Upcoast for the next couple of years? And also, um, I, the second question is, so with regards to CapEx, you mentioned Grassberg uh, expansion. But besides the expansion CapEx, I mean, there has to be some maintenance CapEx. And, and whether you, know, you have a visibility into that, plus like maybe CapEx for three Upcoast as well? Thank you. Sure. Um, so I think uh, <clears throat> to your first point, I think uh, you're right. Uh, we do not expect material dividends from the operating subsidiaries uh, over the next couple of years because uh, there are substantial capex commitments as well for them. Some of the projects I've already sort of touched upon. Uh, in total, uh, I think uh, we sort of see that uh, capex would be uh, in total CAPEX requirements for the, or the group as a whole would amount to $2.3 billion uh, uh, over 2018 to 20. 
2020. And of that, uh, we see sort of capex of about 600 million at Inalum, and the remaining uh, 1.6 billion uh, at the three operating subsidiaries. Uh, <clears throat> in terms of uh, the capex for Grassberg, uh, there is obviously substantial maintenance capex as well. Uh, so, but that is sort of factored in in the expectations for dividend. So, so that will be made by PTFI, and account uh, after sort of accounting for that, dividends will flow out into Inalum. Uh, in terms of the numbers, um, sort of replacement capex is expected to be to the tune of uh, 800 to 900 million each year at Grasbell. Right. Thank you. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad and wait for your name to be announced. As there are no further questions at this time, I'd like to hand the call back to your speakers. Thank you, everyone, for joining this call. Since there are no further questions, we will close now. If you have anything further to ask or would like to obtain copies of our publications, please feel free to reach out to our analysts or the investor development team. Operator, over to you. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, that does conclude our conference for today. Thank you for participating. You may all disconnect.